All right, good morning, Parkview family. I just echo what Pastor Fern said earlier. We miss you, uh, but it is really good to get to connect. So thankful for the technology uh, that God has given us and blessed us with that we can do this kind of thing. I was talking to Pastor Foster yesterday. If this was like 20 years ago, what would we have done? Carrier pigeons, smoke signals, phone calls. Like, so anyway, we're so glad we can do this. In fact, um, our... Um, uh, ben Clark, our communications director, gave me some numbers about our connection last week, and we were around 3,000 connections with our service. Some of those may have been people jumping from Facebook to our uh, website connection when there was a little Facebook issue here or there, but that's pretty cool. 21 states were with us last week, four countries, and there they are, South Korea, Iceland, Czech Republic, I think Ukraine was one of those, so hey to everybody. So it's, it's amazing, and we are very grateful that you're joining us uh, through this platform and that we can be together in this way. Um, but really our desire would be uh, that you would stay connected with us beyond this little broadcast. And so if you're new to Parkview, you've been with us for 50 years or 15 minutes, then thank you. I should be looking over here. Thanks everybody. I'll look over here. So uh, if uh, you've been here 15 minutes or 50 years, we just really want you to be a part of this family. Uh, we pursue Jesus together every day. We try to. That's our goal. We gather to worship. We grow in community. Then we go on mission together. So some ways you can do that this week coming up. Uh, if you stay connected with us, again, call us if you need anything. If we can pray for you we can help you, if we can serve you in any way, or if we can just get connected to you, get you connected to our resource so we can keep you up to date on things like uh, we have an event Wednesday night where Pastor Thomas Hoke is going to be training us in something called Renew, taking us in a deeper look at the book of First Peter. If you stay in touch with us too, we have resources we're providing, devotionals for you to go through. Our children's ministry is providing things for families, parents, and kids to study. Our youth ministry is sending out Bible studies very regularly throughout the week. So please stay connected just so we can know how to help you and uh, so that uh, we can serve you and, and help you through this time too. One other thing to stay connected about would be how we can serve as a church. And opportunities keep popping up, and I'm hearing great stories of how you guys are caring for neighbors, caring for each other. And so if you, you've got some time on your hands, you want to help out, uh, then keep checking with our website, and we'll keep you up to date on ways that you can serve and help out. So I just want to personally give a thank, thank you and a shout out, and we all need to be doing this, to our medical professionals in this town, those frontline workers. They're really just kind of putting their lives on the line to serve us. So be in prayer there. And I love what Pastor Fern said earlier about praying for our leaders, both in the church uh, and in our state and local national governments. So um, really encourage that. And if I could just say one more thing, one more shout out to the Parkview family. Uh, is that and you've probably heard it and you're feeling it too, the financial crunch that has hit all of us. Some of us it's hit harder than others. Um, but as, as a church, the first two weeks we have done this live stream, uh, we're still at a point where about 50% of our giving happens on site, like people actually giving in an offering plate. So we've enacted a COVID-19 uh, financial response as a church. And so we say this to let you know, uh, but in the beginning the month of April, we are just strictly cutting almost every expense we do as a staff team here. And then the staff has been notified that they may be facing up to about 30% cut just to 
to help the church get through this time. And so I let that no need be known to you so that you can be praying. And last week we, we saw an uptick in, in checks coming in in the mail, so we're very grateful for that. But I just echo like what Pastor Fern said earlier. Please pray for our church. And uh, our church is really, really thrives on, runs on the prayers of its people and, and the generosity of its people as well. We, as a leadership, are looking at the CARES Act and how that could potentially help us in the short term. But, but it was really clear that we still need, as we have relied on through the history of Parkview Church, the generosity of God's people. And you guys have always nailed it and hit it for us. We're very grateful for that. So uh, I'm going to turn it now to Pastor, to one of our College 24-7 staff members, uh, John Page. He's going to give us an update how college ministry is still doing ministry in these days. Then he's going to read our text for a sermon today, and he's going to pray for the sermon. So yeah, go for it, John. Thank you, Doug. And before I do that, I just wanted to say Thank you for all of your support, generosity, and prayers, church, because the ministry that we do as 24-7 college ministry on campus at the University of Iowa could not happen apart from you. So uh, on behalf of myself, the 24-7 staff team, as well as all of the students of 24-7, thank you so much uh, for being church for us and uh, allowing what we do to happen. Uh, as Doug said, I wanted to give you a quick update on what things are going to look like uh, for 24-7 uh, the rest of this semester. As many, as many of you probably know, the university asked the students to return to their hometowns and uh, has also uh, required students to continue learning online. And so we have, in, in response to that, moved most of our ministry structures online as well. We're continuing to um, meet uh, via Facebook Live on Wednesday night through, through uh, our reunion happening at 8 o'clock. Um, we have also uh, continued with our freshman groups and our community groups uh, through uh, virtual platforms. One-on-one -on -one and small group discipleship is continuing virtually as well. And uh, we are continuing with a lot of the same things uh, as planned. But in light of some of the, the changes that we've seen, uh, God is still at work, and we're really thankful for that. Connecting with students back home over the last couple weeks, I've been encouraged by how many students have asked for prayer uh, to continue to use their time well and make the most of it in terms of getting uh, extra time in the Word and spending increased time meditating on Scripture and praying. One freshman in particular last semester began reading the Bible with his parents and his brother, and uh, they started doing that. Last time I checked, they were in Leviticus, but he's especially excited to continue to get to read uh, the Bible alongside his family every morning and grow in love for Christ that way. One of our student athletes, in light of his season getting cut short, has told me how God has used this to really reveal to him the ways in which he was looking to his sport to give him his identity rather than looking totally to Christ. And beyond that, there are students who we have uh, kind of lost connection with over the semester as their schedules haven't lined up with us, who are excited about the possibility of re-engaging with us virtually this semester as now there's more flexibility in their schedule. So even amidst the changes and amidst everything happening with COVID-19, God is at work. And uh, the second part of the semester hasn't even started yet. Spring break ends tomorrow, and uh, we're already thankful for what God has been doing. 
At this point, I'd uh, like to invite you to turn your attention to our scripture passage for this morning's sermon, Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. So if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to open it with me now as we look at Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. Hear now God's good and true word to us. And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he, Jesus, said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pray with me now. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you give us your word, which is good and is true. Lord, as we turn to uh, Mark 14 this morning as a church, we pray that you would just open our hearts to receive what you have for us. We pray that you would pour your Holy Spirit out over Doug as he preaches. Uh, Lord, we pray that he would be clear and compelling and bold and that your gospel would go forth with great power this morning. And we thank you that your word accomplishes the purposes that you have for it. So, Father, we pray that you would revive and refresh our souls in Christ Jesus wherever we are this morning. We long to hear from you and grow in love for you. So, please do this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, John, thank you for doing that. And uh, I'll look at the right camera now. Uh, when I was doing that a little bit earlier, I had some people flagging me down and say, look at the right camera. So I'm doing right now. So um, this is kind of a unique opportunity. I feel like um, I'm standing in a place where we usually preach, um, but I feel like we're having a conversation this morning. Like I would love the privilege of being where you are, like of just being in your living room. I heard somebody make a comment this week that they like doing church this way because they can bring their dog to church with them. So things like that. There are some unique things to what we're getting to do. Um, I love this passage. Our teaching team has been just astonished how the passages the Lord had led us to before this time seem to speak so timely into what we're doing right now. And so we're going to see Jesus as we're beginning kind of our study on a pre-Easter series, getting ready uh, for Easter coming up, we're going to see Jesus in one of the most stressful times of his life. And he doesn't run away and hide and doesn't want us to see it. You know, I don't want you to see me in this moment. It's the exact opposite. He took his three closest friends and says, hey guys, I want you, I want you right here. 
not just for support, but he says to them, I want you to watch. I want you to watch me when I'm in a time of stress and things are overwhelming and, and I'm in a place of despair to the point of death, grieving, sorrowful to the point of death. I want you to watch me and watch what I do. What, what, an, what an amazing invitation here. And so, so I know we're sitting in living rooms and where, wherever we are right now, but what an amazing opportunity for us to just watch Jesus walk through stressful times, right? And I want to say a word. I know some of us, we've got some kids in our midst, in the living room or in our laps or wherever they are right now. Um, I want to speak to the kids right now. Um, this isn't just for your parents. Like, this is for you too. Like, Jesus loved gathering children and teaching them. In fact, they were often better listeners and learners than, than the adults were. And so there have been times when my kids were little that they would come to me with, hey, Dad, God showed me this. Or there was a time where I was really going through a hard time, and my son Caleb came out with his first little kid Bible, and I thought he just scribbled with a highlighter all over it. No, he had nailed some great verses that his dad needed to hear. So kids, if you're watching, man, Jesus wants to speak to you, and then tell, tell your, your, your folks, your mom and dad, whoever's in home, tell them what you're seeing and what you're learning, because they might be missing it, all right? So, so yeah, so um, we're going to look at Jesus in this time of stress, and uh, in one of our Peace in the Pandemic Zoom sessions this week, I heard a mom say this. She said, I want to walk through this pandemic in a way that my kids will remember how I walked in these days. She put it this way, I want the people that have a front row seat in my life uh, to watch how I walked through these days. That's why this text from Jesus is so pertinent, so, so timely. And, and the people that are front row seat for you are watching this most likely with you right now. And so, so what are those people seeing in you as you're walking through COVID-19? So uh, John, thanks for reading the text for us. Let me just jump in. How did Jesus walk through front row seat of Jesus in the most stressful time of his life? We're going to see that how, how our king, Jesus, battled, how he prays, and then how he calls us to follow him in these days, all right? So, so John read this. Let me just hit it again. Verse 32 said that Jesus went to a place called Gethsemane. Literally, that word meant olive press. It's kind of interesting. He's going to a place where olives usually got pressed. Jesus himself is getting pressed here, as you're going to see. And Jesus said to his disciples, stay here while I pray. And then out of the 11 remaining disciples, he took Peter, James, and John even closer with him. How cool to see Jesus bringing, when he's in a time of sorrow, bringing those who are close to him into that sorrow with him. But it's more than for support that he brings them. Again, like I said earlier, he wants to show them. He wants them to watch him go through this time. And so he says to them, to these three, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. So Rachel earlier alluded to some of the pressures that are on us now with COVID-19 and the pandemic. And so, and so I know we, we all have our place. I loved when she just asked a question and then just got quiet. Like every one of us has something we're going through. Well, what is Jesus going through here? And he's under amazing pressure. So if you were to read a few verses before our text, Jesus has already told his disciples, I'm going to be betrayed. Like you guys, one of you guys is going to turn your back on me and you're going to betray me. He also told them like, you guys are all going to just abandon me. Like you're going to scatter. So he already knows what's coming up is that his closest friends are going to turn on him and they're going to ditch him. He's going to be all alone. He knows that's coming. 
If you've walked through that, you know that hurts. Like that's, that's hard to be abandoned. It's hard to be left alone in a hard moment. But he knows that's coming. He also knows that death is coming. Like the death on a cross and all, the, all that that meant and all the suffering and pain. So he knew that was coming. So already just those things would add a ton of strain to any of us. But the biggest, the biggest thing that was still coming upon Jesus was even greater than those. Verse 35, it says, And going a little further, he fell on the ground, and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass him. We'll see in verse 36, he also uses the word the cup. So he's talking about the hour and the cup, and those are very significant words. What he's pulling back to the Old Testament, to those two words, and the concept is he knows what's coming is the holy uh, righteous judgment of, of God, his Father, on the sins of the world. Like the whole, the most significant events in human history are what happened on Good Friday, Jesus dying on the cross, and then what happens on Easter Sunday when Jesus rose again from the dead. But the whole point of the death of Jesus was that Jesus went on the cross and took your sins and my sins, and he just took them on himself. And in those moments on the cross, the wrath of God at the sin, every sin committed on this world were placed on Jesus Christ. And so the most perfect love relationship between God the Father and God the Son for all of eternity, perfect love relationship, was for the first time ever going to be fractured as Jesus bore our sins and a holy God had to turn his back on his Son and place his wrath on our sins that were then placed on Jesus. Guys, just to pause on that, who in the world would do something like that? Who, who in the world would be willing to go through that kind of suffering? And when the Bible talks about that, it says, you know, that demonstration of Jesus on the cross is the best demonstration of love that you'll ever see. Like if you ever wonder, does God love me? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck, or I look at all the stupid stuff I've done, or it seems like nobody else likes me. It's like, whatever you would say, like, why God would not love you, you got to look at the cross. The cross makes it super clear that God loves you. God demonstrates his love for us, that while we were sinners, Jesus died for us. So Jesus knows all that is coming, and that is the stress that is on him. He uses some pretty strong words. He is so sorrowful, even to the point of death. The Gospel of Luke says that he's under such strain that he's literally dropping sweats of blood out of his sweat glands on his face. That's how intense this is. And I just want to pause for a second here. Like, sometimes when we think about Jesus— if, if you've read the Bible and you've studied a little bit about Jesus, you know that Christians believe Jesus is fully God and he's fully man. And so if you know that, that makes Jesus super unique. No one else can make that claim. Fully God, fully man. But sometimes if you know that, like you just kind of look at Jesus and go, well, you know, that fully God part probably just overshadows the fully man part. It probably didn't really hurt on the cross or probably didn't really hurt to like, no, no, no. Do not let the deity of Christ diminish the humanity of Christ. Like he totally felt the pain and the abuse and the rejection and the hurt. And the reason I pause to emphasize that is that, you know, when Rachel asked that question earlier, like, how are you doing? You just need to know 
like however deep that goes, like whatever your hurt is, you, you, you've got a savior. You've got Jesus that gets it. You know, he's not going to look at you or hear your cries and go, just deal with that. Like, what are you talking about? That's nothing. Like, he's not going to belittle you. He knows hurt and he knows pain. And uh, the Bible says he's a very compassionate, he uses the phrase a high priest. Like, basically, like to come before God the Father, we go through Jesus who died for us on the cross. And he is so accessible. He is so humble. He understands even the deepest hurt and pain that you have. He gets that. And he wants you to come boldly to him with that hurt, with that pain, with that confusion, because he gets it. The Bible says that he draws near to the brokenhearted. In fact, it might even be these days where you're going to sense the presence of God more than you ever have because of that very fact that God doesn't just hover above our pain and go, oh, it's too bad. Like he enters into it. And Jesus is right there with us, all right? So, so what does he do, though, okay? What does he do in this moment? I, I love it. Again, I've already said it, but he invites these guys to watch him. He says, guys, I want you to watch what I do when this strikes in your life, and it's going to, like uh, Jesus promised us, like if we're going to follow him, uh, adversity is going to come, uh, that in the world you will face tribulation, like he warned us. So it's not like if perchance you go through a hard time. It's like, no, 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 you're going to need this. So watch me. Watch what I do when I go through this. And he's going to pray. And so what I love about Jesus here too, I feel like sometimes pastors just tell you, oh, you should just pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. We're sitting there going, okay, well, what's prayer? Like, what do you mean? So I love how Jesus said, watch me. And then he shows them how to pray. Like, he doesn't just go so far away and they can't hear what he's saying. Like, either he's close enough and they're hearing him, or you'll see later they kept falling asleep. It was either so important that what he said when he prayed, he might have told them later. Like, after he rose again from the dead, hey, you know when you were sleeping? I was trying to teach you how to pray. Here's what I said. So either way, he didn't just go in the distance and, and oh, I guess he's praying or something. No, he's like, I'm praying, and this is what I said. So four things. If you guys want to know how do you pray when you're going through a brutal time like this, Jesus said, here's how you do it. Here's, here's four things you do. You just say to the Father. Number one, he said, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. That may be a very appropriate concept this morning. Some of you, maybe with younger kids, uh, maybe they still call you fathers. They still call you daddy. Like that, that, that was one of the coolest things I've ever been called. Like my kids are little. They just go, Daddy, you know, Daddy's home. And remember trips, mission trips, and coming home in Eastern Iowa Airport, and there'd be a little crew there to greet the team coming back. Seems like somehow my little girls got out of the security ranks, and they got to run up that row, and I would just get down on my knees, and they would just slam into me, and they'd laugh, we slammed into you, Daddy, and just all of that. And just that welcoming, what a, what a concept that right away when Jesus says, you know, when you pray in, in your hardest moments, just run into your Father's arms. Run. Just, Abba, Father, Daddy. Like, just run to a place where you know you will be embraced, you will be loved, you will be accepted. Um, remember those small arms, like, trying to wrap around me and squeeze me as hard as they could. You just, that's even just a glimpse of what us running into the presence of an almighty God. He's saying, just when you pray, as, as Jesus did to his father, he just cried out, Abba, Father. 
So if I could just pause here for a second, I think one of the clearest, clearest signs that you understand the gospel, that your sins have been forgiven, that you have been given access now through Jesus into the presence of God, like one of the clearest signs of that is going to be your prayer life. Like if, if, you, if you really believe the gospel, it means you, your sins are forgiven. And so you don't go to a holy God like, oh, here I come. Like, I know you're going to blast me. You're going to, no, no, no. You just run into his arms. Abba, Father. And then, and then there's an element in his prayer where there's an awe of his Father. There's a praise of his power because he says all things are possible. And so um, that is so true. So I think in times like that, it is so important for us to get our eyes above the circumstances and remind ourselves that God is almighty, that God is all-powerful, that the creator of the universe has this. Like, he is going to work all things together for, for his good. He's going to conform us and make us more and more like Jesus. He has a plan for these days. And so we praise him. We're in awe. All things are possible. I think if we paused right there, and you knew, like, the love of God to the point that you could just run into his arms like daddy and, and that you knew he was all-powerful, like he could do anything. I think if we just stopped right there and we knew those two things, I, I think our prayer lives would soar, you know? We wouldn't be trying to schedule prayer or did I pray today? Like, I think if we really believe the love of God and the power of God, we'd be praying all the time. And I think that's the point here. Jesus wants us to take that prayer down. Just let's crank, let's crank this on high. So, so, Abba Father, all things are possible. And he says, take this cup from me. Guys, that's that word I alluded to earlier. That means, Father, is there any other way that, that the, the wrath of your judgment on sin, could, could, could there be a plan B? Is there any other way besides me going to the cross and doing this? Guys, that is a huge huge ask, right? Like, this has been the plan. Like, for Jesus, it's, it was foretold the Old Testament, like, and we don't know how far back into eternity Father, Son had this plan, uh, and now, kind of at the last minute, uh, you're on the one-yard line, you're going to call a, a running play, now you're going to audible? Like, what? No, 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 but, but still just the, I guess you could call it audacity or boldness or the comfort to just ask, Father, is there any way? Like, and so, Feel free when you pray to just lay it out there. Like, I pray big. Like, what's on your heart as a loving father loves to hear, like, what's bothering my kids? Like, I want to know. Put it out there. Like, don't worry about, like, can I do that or not? Just let me hear it. And so your father in heaven, the same way, is so honored when we pray big because I think it, it just underscores that we really believe he loves us and that he is all-powerful. Like, the bigger our prayers, the more he gets honored from us. And so pray big. Because I, I, I had to do this yesterday. There's some stuff swirling in my life that I just had to finally get down. Like, I'm supposed to preach on this. Let me do this. And just took each of those. I wrote a page of Abba. And like, how do I know God loves me? Where's that coming from? And all things are possible. I did that. But my, this, take this cup was just huge. And I just invite you in your prayers to pray big, right? So take this cup. And then, guys, the most important part of this prayer is this last line. This, the last line of Jesus' prayer, I think is the pivot of the whole Bible. Like this, the whole story of the Bible turns right here. Let me jump to a wrestling analogy quickly. Like, Man, if the NCAA tournament hadn't been shut down, the Hawkeyes were going to win 
the wrestling title. We know that. Like, we should just give them the trophies. It was inevitable. Everything was lined up. And, and so let's say that that did happen in Minneapolis. And on the mat, they, you know, won the, the, the title and all that. But, you know, I bet you if you talk to Coach Brands, he'd, pray, he'd, he'd say something like, you know, we did win here in Minneapolis on this mat, on this day. But really where this season was won was back in Iowa City, back in the wrestling room, back in the weight room, back in the training. And so when you study the Passion Week, when you study what Jesus went through, his resolve, his courage, as he was whipped, as he was beaten, as he hung on the cross, and he offered forgiveness to the people who were doing this to him, he, he showed such power in the way he died that a Roman soldier who had killed probably hundreds of people before, just watching Jesus die, said, this surely is the Son of God. Like, that's a huge victory. That's a huge win. But as we look at the story of Jesus right here, I think that battle was won on Jesus' knees right here. Not my will, but yours. And that expression of dependence on his Father uh, set him up for, for that powerful walk he made from the garden to the cross. Guys, that's going to be our story too. Like the biggest failings, the biggest regrets in our lives are going to be the times where we do our thing instead of God's thing. Like we don't even consult God. You know, we just kind of wing it. It's us. But these moments where we say, not my will, but yours, Father, uh, you, you watch you watch what he will do. You can look back and maybe there have been moments you've already seen what he has done, but, but, but that's where the, the whole story of the Bible pivoted, right here. When Jesus, this is where I believe the battle was won, on his knees, telling the Father, not my will, but yours. So there's a verse. I'm going to take a little tangent for a second. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, that I think is talking about this prayer in the garden. And look what it says. It says, in the day of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. So you could look at that and go, well, yeah, that could be right here, but did the father save him from death? Because he still went to the cross. And what's a What's a beautiful thing about God and his people and what Jesus demonstrates for us is that it wasn't in this case that the Father saved him from death as much as that the Father saved him going through death. Yes, Jesus died, but yes, on the other side of that death, the Father resurrected him in a powerful way. The father was faithful. The father heard that prayer. And the father met his son's need. And then through his son's obedience, we are all blessed through the death and resurrection of Christ, having our sins forgiven, having access to our creator through faith in Jesus Christ. So the Christian story may at times be that you cry out and you still go through. But as you go through, God goes with you and God redeems you and rescues you on the other side. And I think that's often God's choice because as you go through, you are demonstrating to a world around you, how do you suffer with God in your life? You see the hope and the assurance and you see a clear distinction 
and that God puts the power of the gospel on display. I told you guys earlier that one of the financial um, things we've, we've enacted here as a church to kind of prepare if giving is down, that we, we I, had, I had a very difficult meeting with our staff on a Zoom on Wednesday and kind of talked about that potential of a 30% cut. And it was just super hard. You're seeing all these faces of people you love and that serve us so well. And um, it was after that that I, I got a text. And, and when you do something like that, you just immediately, there's some families that come to mind, like, God help, you know, help, help them. And so I'm not going to say the name, but this will fire you up. It fired me up. Um, the text said this, uh, we're thankful for the teams that we have in place that are able to advise you to make decisions, even when they're hard ones. We are not worried. We trust God fully. We are prepared to do whatever we have to do to survive financially, and we just want you to know we're okay, and we will be okay by the grace of God, and we will still be here to provide the support for the church that is needed with or without pay. We are blessed to have a rock and a refuge in this hard time. Many people do not have that confidence. Like that, that is super powerful. And that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about there, that you cry out to the Father. You, you ask the big ask, if it's possible, take this cup. But you say, not my will, but, but yours. And if his will is you go through hardship, you know he goes with you and he's going to be faithful. He's going to do amazing things through that hardship, all right? So, so let's wrap this up. Let's go back to the scene. So remember, Jesus invited his friends to watch. He's going to teach them how to pray. He did that. And now he's going back to his friends, and, and you go to verse 37, and it says, and he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you will not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, uh, but the flesh is weak. Um, the, the Bible goes on to say, like, they had no answer. Like, you, you busted them. You caught them, Jesus. They're asleep. They were sleeping through one of the most profound moments in human history. Like they were sleeping and they could have been learning from the Son of God how you pray in difficult times. They were sleeping and they totally missed out. And so the message here from Jesus, I think, to us is uh, the, f the, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. A lot of times when I hear people take that expression, they'll immediately apply it to maybe a battle with an addiction you know, or something they're trying to get out of their life, trying to have more self-control. If we could just look in this context, I think Jesus is just simply addressing being watchful and praying, like giving up some sleep so that we can pray, like maybe giving up some Netflix, giving up some video games, giving up some like, like the ways we just kind of slide into, I just want comfort, I just want ease. And Jesus is saying, you know what? If you're going to go through stressful times, like you got to be on your knees you got to watch me, watch how I pray, and this is what you got to do. And so verse 41 says, he came a third time, and he said to him, are you still sleeping? Are you still taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed in the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. I know possibly even Jesus, as they're in the garden there, could see the torches in the distance of Judas and the, the soldiers who are coming to arrest him. And what's interesting is from that moment on, we see a contrast. Who was ready to face, like, the stress, the tension, uh, the adversity that's coming, and who wasn't? 
just a couple minutes after that, once the soldiers got there, man, the disciples took off and ran. But it was Jesus who was ready and who faced that trail all the way from the garden to the cross with, with such a power and a tenacity that was one on his knees. But I want you to catch something in verse 42. Uh, Jesus didn't say, <laughs> he could have, said three times. Like I, I told you to watch and pray and three times you're falling asleep. I'm done with you. Like, get out of here. I'm going to get a different team. I'm going. Like, he, he's sticking with them, you guys. He's saying, rise, let's, let's go. Let's go. And so, uh, this morning, uh, I love how Pastor Fern led us in prayer. I think this morning, God is calling us as a church and as a people. He's calling us up to pray. And uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't want you to look back and he doesn't want you to start going to that guilt bunker of like, I, sh I should have been praying more. I know I would have been better with my kids this week if I had prayed. I wouldn't have been a, no, 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 don't go there. Because Jesus just says, rise, let's go. Okay, wh whatever it's been like before now, your prayer life and during COVID, whatever, let's, let's just go. Okay, watch and, and pray. Like I showed you how to pray. So let's move forward. Let's go so that we're not passive in these days, so that we don't just come home and cocoon in a ball of fear through these days. These are unique days, and just like these guys slept through one of the most amazing moments in human history, Jesus says, watch and pray. Don't sleep through COVID-19. Wake up. Like, see what God is doing. See what God is calling you to do. And we've been using this phrase over the last week or two is like five years from now, when you look back at COVID, what are you going to say? Like, what did God do in your life? What did God do through us as a church? And I think one clear thing Jesus is saying this morning is like, what if we look back in five years ago, you know what? I thought I knew how to pray or I thought I was pretty consistent in prayer. Wow, till I, that morning, I saw how Jesus prayed in his stress and strain, and wow, I, I haven't been the same. Like now I sense when stress is mounting up in my life, I go on my knees, I say, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me, not my will, not yours, not necessarily a formula, but I pray those things, and God has been setting me free, and God has been meeting me, and I'm not going to be passive, and I'm going to go. I'm going to serve, I'm going to care, I'm going to love for people. So let me just wrap up, you guys, three takeaways Again, kids, you've been listening. Like, what are you learning? What's one thing you heard today? Make sure you tell that to mom and dad. Number one takeaway, make sure you remember, Jesus suffered greatly. Uh, he understands our suffering. He draws near to us when we suffer. So don't hesitate to go to him. He gets it. Go to him for grace and mercy to help in your time of need. Second, uh, Jesus, and, and I would encourage you, keep reading through the passion story this week, but Jesus endured the anguish of the garden and the pain of the cross to put God's love for you on full display. And if that's a new message to you, please contact us. Uh, one of the pastors here would love to talk to you about what the cross means and how you can know you have a relationship with God through Jesus. But God loves you, and he proved that through what Jesus went through on the cross and finally, third takeaway, man, Jesus calls us to wake up, to battle in prayer, to move forward in our struggles. Uh, let's not waste the pandemic, all right? Like he gets it, he gets our pain, but he's saying, hey, let's pray, and now let's go. Watch and pray, and then watch what God wants to do in your life. So let me 
Let me pray. And in fact, let me, after this is done and the stream goes off, why don't you guys talk about this for a couple minutes? Like, what was the favorite thing you heard from this story, from what God said to you? And what if you spent a few minutes just praying these things that, Abba Father, all things possible for you. Take this cup from me, not my will, but yours. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray your church would hear these words, Jesus, that we would be faithful. You invited us to watch you and to learn to pray from you. You, you clearly invited us to do that today. So I pray we'd be faithful, that we would not sleep, that our attention would be on what you just taught us, and that we would be a church that changes the way we pray, and that you would get glory through what happens through us as we walk through these days. Jesus, we love you. In your great name we pray. Amen.